Welcome to Building Great Sales Teams, a show dedicated to making sales teams tick, tick, boom. Great sales teams are not recruited, they are built block by block. Let's get to work. Uh, I think we got it. Is that coming through good for you? Yeah, you're good. Um, you're lighting, you're a little, a little right. blown out a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to turn that down. Ooh, yeah, sexy. There you go. I, I, I want to see the, the definition in your face you got now. You've been losing right. all this weight, man. Yeah, yeah. You got to gotta keep that going. Yes. Today's the first day after. I went and ate everything, but no, I'm just playing. I didn't do that. <laughs> it's crazy because you uh, you tend to, because uh, it's 75 days, you know what I'm saying? So you have, okay, we're going to get into the podcast. So I'm just going to kick it off here. You ready to roll? Yep, ready to go. All right, cool. Good deal. All right, guys, I'm excited about this one. I've got Brent Attaway. He's a family man. He's been married 21 years. He's got uh, two teenage boys. He's a speaker, author, and expert in business marketing and growth. Uh, he's partnered with big-name marketers like Frank Kern. And uh, just last year, he sold his solar sales company, and now he specializes in FU money. And what is FU money? We're going to get into that, but the first thing I want to do You've got two congratulations going on right now. So the first one is happy anniversary. It was your anniversary yeah. yesterday or today? It's today. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So 21 years, man. How old are you? I'm 42. So 42? We, yeah, we, got we got married when we were 21. And yes, here we are. That's freaking amazing, man. 21 years. So what did you learn in that 21 years? Wow. Nothing. I learned that I know nothing. <laughs> that's what expert in marketing know nothing about marriage but yeah yeah no there's plenty there's plenty to learn but yeah we'll we'll have to get into that but yeah (laughs) if you want to get into that now let's do it yeah what what would you okay so a lot of people that listen to this show are just getting into their business just now getting into the sales side hiring salespeople, all that good stuff and they 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 typically tend to be in the early years of their marriage so one piece of advice you would give them Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, d- the least amount of rules possible. Okay. That's fair. And keep it, keep it simple. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, it, that, that means a lot. There's, we could go into more depth of that, but mm-hmm. uh, less rules for your spouse. Now that okay. doesn't mean she, in this case, I'm talking for me. <laughs> yeah. She won't have her rules, <laughs> but it does mean, it does mean that, that, you know, people say things like compromise. Um, right. and, um, you know, you're basically going towards their side cause you got to just say, I don't agree, but we'll just go with it. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's cool. And that's great. And that is what I'm saying, but it's also understanding you just don't, you don't need rules in order to love somebody and to serve and help them. And frankly, you don't have to be feeling love in order mm-hmm. to show love. <laughs> like sometimes you can be completely pissed and you're like, you know what, let's just do this. Yeah. Um, much yeah. like, much like 75 hard, which I know we're going to talk, uh, yeah. uh, just yeah. mention a little bit, but like you do, you have to just say, I don't care. This is, there is no compromise here. There's right. just doing it. And, um, 
And that's what I mean by less rules. Let's yeah, like, don't, yeah. don't make up more shit along the way uh-huh. and you won't have problems. But yeah, I think it, gradually you do make up shit along the way. Yeah. So you have to backtrack. <laughs> Absolutely. It's keep, I think it's keeping the end goal in mind and that's the focus. And as long as you're focused on that, which is, yeah. you know, in y'all's case, raising two beautiful boys together and, 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 and being partners for life, as long as you're focused on that, because right. we, we tend to get caught up in the little shit too much, I think is what kind of what you're saying. And I couldn't agree with that more ever since yep. I became legacy focused and um, long-term focused it made the day-to-day stuff seem less and less and less rules. As long as we're moving towards that ultimate goal, that's all that matters. So yeah. I feel you brother. All right. So yeah. also the second congratulations, right? You just finished 75 hard yesterday. Uh, yeah. It's probably something like maybe 0.01% of people in the world can say that they've done, you know, <laughs> it's, it's such a tough challenge. Uh, what did you learn about yourself in, in that process? Oh, I'm a little bitch. Just like <laughs> same like, right here. <laughs> uh, just so many dumb excuses, but it was awesome. So, um, I just read a, I read the beginning. I'm started. Um, I happened to finish the miracle morning book yesterday as part of the books I was reading as okay. a challenge. And I started today reading, um, Napoleon Hill's, uh, wow. Um, outwitting the devil. I, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, I've never read that. Have you read that? So it's from what I understand, it's the bigger part of thinking grow rich is in there. It, so thinking grow rich is the more popular book, right? But mm-hmm. outwitting the devil is like the Bible and thinking grow rich is a chapter in there. Um, th- I think it's the opposite. He has three books. Okay. So, um, outwitting the devil is like smaller. Okay. Gotcha. So I think so there's another one? Laws, there's- laws of success of there some sort go. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I have that one too. I haven't read that. Okay. So that's, that'll have to be my next, but you're, I, you're on the right track. So yeah. the point is, is, um, he said something, he said, uh, he said this, and this has to do with 75 hard. It has everything to do with it. He said, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully as you read this book, it's just the intro paragraph. As you read this book, I'm paraphrasing. So you read this book, you will get to know who the devil really is. And uh-huh. in doing so, you will understand who God is. <laughs> I thought that was pretty damn cool. Oh, that makes um, sense. So um, in other words, you don't just start understanding all the forces inside of you that will mm-hmm. always resist. And um, it reminds me, I mean, I've, I'm a big fan of turning pro. Um, that's a, another book. Mm-hmm. Um, those types of things help you understand resistance is never going away. Right. Um, no matter how much money you have, no, how many, no matter how much awesome your marriage is and how hard you work on it or your business or all your employees or your team out knocking doors, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It will always resist and you mentally will always resist. And there's no getting easier. There's just getting better at doing those things. And that's it. Um, I think, I think when I was in my twenties and then early thirties, I thought it would get easier. I was hoping I kept just like, come on. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't understand. I heard those concepts before. I didn't understand. Yeah. And maybe it just takes 10 years to understand that, but like, uh, it's true. That's, that's what happens. Um, 75 hard. I've learned that I've mm-hmm. learned, uh, the resistance is inside of me constantly and I'm enjoying battling it each day. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, um, something that has changed me mentally. Um, otherwise it's all this good old same stuff, feel better, healthy, all that yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that was the biggest thing for me 
And if you don't know, um, 75 hard is a mental challenge. Most people do the before and after picks and they think that's what it's all about. But no, you're literally mentally battling yourself every day to complete this challenge. And, And so much so that it exposed me, you know. I thought I was disciplined. I thought I was a, a high achiever. You know, I thought I was elite. Until I tried to do 75 hard, I failed it six times and finally got through it the seventh time, right? And it was because I was mentally so freaking weak. I had no disciplines, and I was relying on all my talents versus consistently doing things every day and, and, and relying on the consistency versus, you know, the talents that I had, right? Mm-hmm. And you see it all the time in professional sports. Why would it not be the same way in entrepreneurism, right? To where, all right, if you're incredibly consistent and you're talented, you're dangerous. You know what I mean? But if you're missing one or the other, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to be the elite, right? And so that's what 75 Hard did for me. It kind of recognized, okay, this is who you are and this is what you need to work on. And you got to consistently do it every day because if you fall out of this, you're just going to be a, you know, half-ass entrepreneur again. You know what I'm saying? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's right now. That's and this isn't necessarily a good thing. I have I'm like fearing that I'm going to like fall off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. fuck. Yeah, I'm nervous. You know, uh, where's my checklist? You know, like that's the right. feeling I have right now. Um, but I'm enjoying it. I don't mind it. I'm just more like, wow, that's a funny feeling to have um, completed. It's something that you're I'm personally proud of the fact that I did something for 75 days without compromising. Mm-hmm. I've never mm-hmm. done that in my entire life. Nothing. I don't, I couldn't name one thing in my life that I've done 75 days besides go to sleep and wake up. And even then actually, no, I've pulled 24, you know, I've yeah, pulled all nighters. Yeah. So like, yeah. I can't even say that. I don't, I, it, there's probably something, but I didn't do it consciously. Right. <laughs> So like, there is nothing I consciously said, no, no matter what, 75 days, do or die. This is not, this is happening. Right. Um, anyways, that's, that's probably the biggest thing. And, and whether it was a 75 day or 75 hard or a mm-hmm. challenge, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, you could be doing a hundred days of just like, I want to wake up every day and read yeah. and I'm not going to ever miss yeah. that will change you. It will literally change you. And so it's pretty cool. No, it is. And, and one of the other things it does for you is it recalibrates you, right? So mm. I, I can honestly say I have not gotten drunk in over a year, right? So I drink, right. you know what I mean? And I drink like your average American, which is every weekend, may have five or six beers, get a little drunk or whatever, nothing too crazy, responsible, you know what I mean? Enough to not be called a, a piece of shit, basically, you know what I mean? And so um, going into 75 hard, and coming out of it, like you said, you're afraid you'll slip, right? But all of a sudden, I have this new new ceiling when it comes to drinking. And it's because I know there's nothing good for me past two or three drinks or past that feeling, right? So I'll have two drinks, catch a little buzz, and then it's four waters, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> in a row. Because it, it, it really comes down to most of the time that I got drunk, it was because I needed that, that um, I needed something in my hand. When I'm and I'm having these great conversations, I'm living life. I'm really enjoying where I'm at and who I'm with, and then I don't realize how many drinks I've had, and then all of a sudden it's over. You I know, yeah, and yeah. so what this has done for me is very, made me very conscious of that, to where I can say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the waters, you know what I mean, or I'm not gonna drink anymore, whatever the case is, and I'm not missing out on anything. Right. You know, and, and and that's the hardest part for people to understand is 
even when you're on 75 hard and you are going to barbecues and, you know, my, the only time I really missed a beer is when I was barbecuing myself. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're in the smoke Relax. and there's yeah, nothing yeah. better than, you know, an ice cold brew while you're smoking meat. You know what I mean? That's probably one of the greatest feelings in the world, but that was probably the only time I really missed it. It wasn't the parties. It wasn't the, you know, development events or anything like that. It was always kind of like when I was at home by myself. Cause that's when I usually enjoy a drink now, you know, yeah, but anyways, yeah. we could, we could do a whole episode on 75 hard sure. and it, sure. it, it, it's funny. Cause you know, you join groups like, you know, uh, uh, XFU and then, uh, you know, RBO mastermind apex, you join these groups or whatever. And, uh, a lot of things are, you know, you, you, get, you may get made fun of a little bit cause they become like a little cultish. Right. And sure. 75 hard is one of the like apex cult things, you know, like yeah, if you join yeah. apex, you got to eventually do 75 hard. You know what I mean? Everyone's talking about you. Like what the fuck's this 75 yeah. hard? Thing? What is this crap? <laughs> All right, brother. Well, let's talk about uh, a little bit about your history, right? Going back to, you know, where you grew up, kind of your childhood and stuff like that. A lot of times those are the things that makes up, make us into the entrepreneurs that we are. So I always want to get that kind of history. Yeah. Where I grew up um, is right here. So it's a little town in North Florida. I, I like to explain it is up in the panhandle. So it's basically like Southern Alabama. Like okay. that's what, if you picture that, <laughs> that's what it feels like. Um, it's not like, don't think Tampa, Miami, Orlando, don't think anything like that. There's right. not a building around me right now. Um, but yeah, that's, um, that's where I was born. Where I grew up is Utah. So I grew up my, my, um, so you'll, you'll hear me talk about my brother probably. And, yeah. um, you'll hear Bennett Maxwell, but then you're like, what the crap? How's, how's it? There's this business Maxwell. And, and are they really brothers or they just grew up together? What happened? Right. Same mother, different dads. Okay. And so, um, I, I grew up, um, in Utah, my mom and dad divorced. I'm, I'm going to make this quick so it's we can get right to the, the meaty stuff. But um, she, I was two, so mm -hmm. I'm from Utah is how I would put it. Right. I was two years old, Absolutely. so I don't remember Absolutely. this place um, besides visiting every other year or so. So um, that was it because my mom's family's from here. My dad still lives here. And that was part of the reason why we moved back is to be closer to my dad, figure out how to have a relationship with a dad <laughs> mm -hmm. and then um and then we um but i i grew up in utah met my wife um christy who in what driver's ed mm -hmm. <laughs> we were 15 who's, who's fantastic by the way she's an awesome human being i've already had a few conversations with her energy drink you know what i mean xfu all that type of stuff so awesome girl yeah yeah, she is. She she's uh, incredible. Um, she's and she's entrepreneur minded. She's sales minded. She's fitness minded. She's all the cool stuff you'd ever want in a girl. And and of course the crazy part where you're just like, damn, I like slow it. down, you know. <laughs> so like, um, but yeah, yeah the uh, but the it's all it's all the the, the bag of mixed wonderfulness, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. that's her and I. We met and then um, I grew up uh, Mormon, mm -hmm. so. I know that's not new to a lot of people in sales and door to door right. because there's so many um, door to door um, reps that come out of Utah. Thanks to uh, the recruiting out of there. Yeah. Uh, I think what Vivint or I, they weren't even called Vivint at the time. I remember it was called something else before. Mm -hmm. the, yeah. I remember their building and, and so on. 
Um, but yeah, that's, that's where I grew up, man. It is my, I would say I've always been entrepreneur minded. I've mm. never, ever understood a job. Um, I'm not that smart. Like Bennett, he's smart as he is. The dude just calculates everything in his head. And, I, and that's one guy I'm like big picture, Bennett, stop calculating now, you know, mm. And then he's really good at that. And then we, we, we were really good business partners that way. Very good that way. Um, And so the point is, is I'm not like that, but there was one thing that was simple for me. I was like, I can't scale myself doing Mm -hmm. that. I can't scale myself. Nothing wrong with the job. I just saw more that I I didn't understand how to scale myself. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe it's because I'm not creative, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. like uh, that was, that's how I saw myself. So I've constantly been looking um, when I was a teenager and then I'd work my hourly jobs. I'd do different things. Um, and uh, by the time I was 19, went on a mission, knocked doors. I always say I was selling Jesus. That's the mm-hmm. hardest thing to sell. Yeah. And then from there, um, came back and got married immediately. Um, Christy and I, it was like I was never gone. So it just worked out like that. It was easy. It doesn't always work out like that. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and so that was simple. Um, and then from there, uh, about three years later, I went and asked the bank for some money to buy a franchise is a sign company, um, a printing company, like a fast signs. This one was called signs by tomorrow is like a, it's a smaller, one of the, the big ones at the time were fast signs, signorama and some other one. And then there's signs by tomorrow. Mm. Well, I was working there while going to college. So I was at BYU at the time. And uh, thought I was going to be in graphic design, which you and I have in common. I just mm-hmm. learned by listening to your podcast. Awesome. Um, so the uh, that's what I thought I was going to be in. And I actually really enjoy graphic design. And I dropped out in the middle of it because I thought, you know what, I'm just going to buy this company. And it's, actually, I bought it, got it going, and I just couldn't do both. I was going to college while, while like, <laughs> going I've over. been there. Yeah. So that, that didn't work out very well. And so I, I dropped out of that bachelor's degree I was going after I already had my associate's degree to give you an idea and then I just dropped out I think I had 16 or 18 credits left and I just stopped um so I actually somebody asked me like it was a couple years ago do you regret that and I literally without even hesitating was the first time somebody said do you regret that I was like Mm no I don't like it wasn't even out of like thinking I just don't sometimes I you would right like sometimes it's a mistake to not educate yourself (laughs) in, in school Um, this, I could, it was not a mistake at all. I'm very happy, um, with how much education I got and kept myself disciplined at that time, Mm -hmm. but I I was never, ever worried about some paper. And I know that's common here. No one I'm talking, I'm preaching to the choir here. Like a degree has never, ever motivated me. Never. There's not been one time when I was going to college thinking that's going to be my ticket. Mm -hmm. I was more thinking, what the fuck is that? Like, how yeah, does that yeah. make me valuable? It doesn't. Right. Um, and I think it's because that's how I see people. I don't see hiring somebody, or if I was going to do that, I wouldn't look at the certificate and say, well, that's them. That's just not how the world operates. And so that's that's how I started. That's how I got into it. I can go into that all day, but mm-hmm. um, I love I love business. I love um, systems. I love operations. I love marketing. I like the design part of it. I like the whole thing. Um, I like the startup aspect. I think there's a lot of people that do, but I love the startup aspect. I like launching two to three years in 
I like trying to gradually exit out mm-hmm. um, myself out of the picture at least. Um, yeah, I'm a starter too. Yeah. There's and starters so, and, then, and there's finishers and I'm yeah, a starter. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I can force myself to be a finisher, but I'm, I'm less happy. All right. Yeah, I'm just less, exactly. I'm less happy that way. To. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then that's it. So from there, it's just been um, several different business ventures, but yeah, dude, that's it. We have two teenage boys and we're just rocking life here out in the country. We live in Florida. So came back. That was one year ago. Mm-hmm. We've been here exactly one year in August. So just under a year. Awesome. And, um, and we live on what, 20 acres out here and just in the middle of the country. Nice. So, so yeah. when, when I had your brother on the podcast, one of the things I wanted to point out, and I want to do the same thing with you and kind of get your feedback on this. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very difficult to sell a sales organization, right? Forget about mm-hmm. solar, forget about AT&T security, whatever you sell. At the end of the day, you guys were a sales organization, right? right. You're subbing the installs out, you know what I mean? And so the install piece is a little easier to sell because that's a, that's a, 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 it has maybe some assets, some inventory, right? It has a, cust- a client list, right? It's on a one-time revenue stream. You know what I mean? Right, right. And uh, so sales organizations have a, have a tough time being sold or given a value, right? It's typically 1x, 2x multiple tops, right? Mm-hmm. So how did you guys pull off being a sales-centric organization like that and then being attractive to a buyer? I mean, it was luck at the same time. I, I mean, hard work, luck. What? What is that? How does that saying go? Hard, hard work with a little bit of luck. Mm-hmm. It, there's the opportunity. That's the formula for opportunity, right? Right. So, uh, certainly, we were working hard at building our systems. That's part of the solution um, later. But what attracted the buyer? Um, without getting into the details of that, because Bennett does, but I remember Bennett went into the details of that because mm-hmm. I listened to that podcast when you guys did it. Yeah. Um, we They were like, hey, let's buy your company. But what that means is, hey, let's entertain the idea of mm-hmm. buying the company. And then when you dig into the numbers and the processes and systems, that is when they either back out or lean in, right? right? right. And so- what I, what happened is, is they leaned in very quickly. It had nothing like I'm I'm talking instantly. It was just more like, um, oh, oh yeah, we need that. Yeah, we need that. We don't have that. That was mm-hmm. that was the conversation. <laughs> yeah. That so makes sense. and it wasn't the revenue. The revenue was the assumptive. We want that for sure. That was the attractive. We need your revenue to make our stock more valuable mm-hmm. and to make everyone happier, right? But after they saw that they're like oh okay you guys have systems and people and processes in place so now let's talk further and let's get going and then that gave us leverage to also actually get a decent exit out of it instead of being like well what what can you offer us you know like (laughs) exactly and so that's that's it i would say it's always going to be systems i learned a long time ago and i still believe it today and i would argue all day long there's two things that you should be in charge of and that will grow any business and where your personal value is it's going to be systems and marketing is Mm -hmm. those two things Mm -hmm. if you cannot figure you don't have to be the best at those things i'm saying you watch those things those are the things you are constantly talking to your managers about where's our processes how are we doing this is it systemized yeah. is it simple to follow mm-hmm. um also where are our leads coming from are we doing all that stuff <laughs> the marketing side 
um, those two things will all solve most of your problems in business, mm-hmm. frankly, because everything else sales comes, you know, like after right. that, you just, you training and sales. That's the easy part, frankly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, well, all, uh, all yeah. sales and sales training is another form of marketing. It's just another Correct. lead source. You know what yep. I mean? And mm-hmm. uh, well, at least for my business, right? So what you're saying is a hundred percent true systems and marketing is all I focus on, you know? Yeah. Um, and marketing for me is my guys going out and knocking on doors. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the marketing arm that I have. It's lead gen. And, uh, so that's what I'm focused on, but I'm, you know, and we, me and Wayne have kind of split that up. So Wayne is the marketing piece, right? Um, Right. but it's, it's door to door sales. And then I'm the systems piece, which is all the operations in the back end. You know, I'm the visionary, he's the integrator, which you can swap those roles out. But, uh, what I recently learned was, is the integrator is actually a great coach. He's, he's, he's the coach. And then the visionary is typically the owner of the team is, is a, it's a good way to describe it. Whereas before I thought, Oh, the integrator is the systems guy. He's the Mm -hmm. one that, that, uh, uh, make sure that the the systems are running smooth. And then the visionary is the one with the big ideas, you know, which is not Mm -hmm. necessarily true. The visionary can be the one that connects all the systems together. You know what I mean? He doesn't know how they connect together hire somebody to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's very much what I do, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I don't know how they're going to connect together, but I figure it out. Like, that's why we hired you guys. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, but I I have the vision from, okay, this is the customer experience. This is the sales rep experience. You know, this is how we create a brand, you know, and then Mm -hmm. connecting all those things together. So the way I look at it, the way I'll sold your sales organization is yes, you were good at sales, obviously. Right. But, the operations piece is what makes it valuable, right? Like you said, right. the gross numbers are great and everything, but what they really found attractive was the operations piece that they hadn't put together yet on their end, and they could right. insert it into their company and make more and probably grab some, uh, what do they call it, the, that low-hanging fruit, you know what I mean? Like uh, grab some losses that they had because of operations, and they oh, insert right. your systems right. in. Now they don't have those losses anymore. And it mm-hmm. increased the bottom line, which is way more important than the top line, right? Which is what we did the first four months we got acquired. It was mm-hmm. just all about how do we integrate the people and systems. It had nothing to do with sales on our responsibility. Right. Um, right. And then and then from there, they just kept doing what they were good at, which was go legion on the doors. That mm-hmm. was it. So. So, so since then, you've been kind of niching down, it sounds like. You've niched yeah. down to... F you money. Right. And right. The, you know, I know it's not called that. Right. But I love that term. I love the t-shirts. And right. Yeah. You gotta have the, gotta have the t-shirt baby. So they went, they went to Corpus, uh, the, the shirts that you sent out, they went to Corpus cause that's our, our home office. Oh, right. Yeah. And, uh, so Cheyenne sent them over here and then of course they got lost and they went return to sender. So she's got them again. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'll pick them up the next time I go to Corpus cause I love the gold one. <laughs> Right. Yeah. There's a gold heart. And once I saw that, I was like, we got to get that one because our, one of our solar colors is gold, you know? Right. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I saw, I saw you guys have a shirt that's actually similar after like just yesterday Uh when I was talking to Wayne, was that yesterday? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Oh, he's wearing it. It had like gold letters on it, but yeah, Yeah. the, um, the gold one, I just said, you know what we got to have, I'm, I love the marketing side of it and the design side of it. Like I said, like you, and Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I like having a differentiator. Like you gotta be a client to get the gold one. 
You can have the red one. You can buy that one anytime you want, but yeah. you're not going to get the gold one unless you're part of the community. Nice. And so nice. the that's what we're doing. That's what we we want to build. And that's a small thing, but it's a good example of what you do in sales as well. Everyone has this progression that you take people through and uh, it's fun. It's good stuff. And I, I couldn't agree more. Those little touches like that are mm-hmm. what creates value and creates a community and gets clients like me excited. Right. And, right. Uh, but, but tell us about what your business actually does. Uh, we help home service companies specifically right now, only home service company that we even specialize in is solar because mm-hmm. that was easy for me to transition. Right. To. Right. Um, uh, we help you follow up with your clients. So we don't do lead gen. We help you get more sales out of your current leads. That's it. That's the easy way to put it. Mm-hmm. So we had to make that sexy because that's not sexy at all. And so that's when I started playing around with FU money. And FU is not new. Like follow up and using the word FU is not new in marketing. I've seen people do that. But I had to find a way um, to to make it work. And so that's when we came up with I love FU money. I love follow up money. Mm-hmm. Um, and really just trying to integrate that to the point, What by the way, where I can, I can now close sales on my follow-up. So mm-hmm. if I'm following up with you and you say, okay, I'm going to order tonight, I'll get it, I'll get going and we'll start onboarding next week. Right. right. Let's say that's right. the context. I can now, because they came through my marketing funnel and my, my process, they understand it's FU money. They understand what that is from my marketing before mm-hmm. they ever got on a call or saw a sales page. Well, now when they are delaying, I literally just say, Hey, Doug, um, following up with you, want to get you going. What questions do you have? Let me know. I want to get you making this FU money. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the line. If I just say that every time it just, it breaks down the walls. It It's our own languaging. It's yeah. a lot of things. And it's pretty cool to have something like that. Cause not always can you find something like that in your business. Mm-hmm. It's hard to brand even in your sales process. Like let's get you making FU money. And right. And it's, you can't say that casually, like you can't say that casually without educating them in your marketing first. Right. They would yeah. be like, what the fuck are you talking about? F you money. I don't, I don't even understand. Yeah. And so it's pretty cool. And it helps people say, you know what? I need, I need a part of this. Let's just go. Um, so that's, that's what we do. That's um, we focus on that solar, but we are, the vision is not just solar. The vision is home services that mm-hmm. need follow-up. I mean, that's it. Um, we really, I want to build, you know, that's the goals to get to that hundred million dollar mark uh, per year revenue. And that's not a, that's a big number, but that's not a huge number for home service stuff. Right. Um, and it'll, it'll take a lot of work, but that's where we're headed with it. Um, that's, that's it. It's just awesome. a matter of hitting each industry and doing that. So we have all the systems in place. We do all that cool stuff. We have the CRM, we have the community, we have all the scripts and basically what I would say, and this is the sales pitch, but I actually, if somebody's listening to this, uh, see how this relates to what you're doing in your services, right? Right. What I didn't want to be another CRM service, especially mm-hmm. because we use, we've built our whole platform out of something called Go High Level. I'm not going to assume people know what that is. I know right. a lot of people do, but it's called Go High Level. Mm-hmm. Well, Go High Level is not a CRM for consumers or businesses. It's for agencies. Mm -hmm. agencies is who they market to agencies then turn around customize it build it for what they want for their clients and then that's what they shoot out to their clients okay so i have my own crm um we call it crmx very creative (laughs) (laughs) and so like (laughs) the uh 
so that's it. Okay, great. Now picture that. And I was like, but I don't want to be a CRM because there's that's a dime a dozen, especially mm-hmm. when high level has all these agencies pretty much can claim the same thing, right? Right. And so at that point, what I started doing is focusing on like, look, the only way I can be different or and help people and actually get into blue waters here and get out of that bloody red water and in, in competition mm-hmm. is just stop saying I have a CRM and we'll help you with your follow-up mm-hmm. or uh, all things marketing um, and leads and all this right. when I could, that's something we could do. I just said, look, let's just take and execute on something you already have, which is follow-up mm-hmm. and we'll get you that low hanging fruit immediately. As soon as you get going with it and we put your leads in and then not just that it's a full system you can rely on. So all your new leads now just come through the process and you're close. Okay. That's one thing. It's not that different, but it's a little bit different. That's mm-hmm. all we focus on in our marketing. But the bigger thing was we pre-wrote all the copy. So every email, every text, and everything. I was trying to look at my strengths, which is writing copy as well. Mm-hmm. So marketing, writing copy, writing sales letters, things like that. Um, video sales letters, all those little things that help you sell easily without having to sell. Right. No, <laughs> so 100%. Like, yeah. So that's... That's what I did. I was just like, well, look, I, if I just focus on, let's say, five industries over the next three years, I can. I have plenty of time to and focus to write copy for every industry. Mm-hmm. So that way, when somebody walks in, whether you're a solo sales rep or you have a team or or you're like more, you want a little bit more advanced, it doesn't matter which one you are. Right. But the point is, is now you do not have to think of what to say or when to say it, mm-hmm. you really just need to keep doing what you're doing. And right. now you just enhance your efforts. And so that's, that's what's happened. Um, Cause keep in mind, I had a fun, I didn't go through this. I had a funnel agency before this, like before solar, I built, we built over 2000 marketing funnels. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is easy. This is the easy stuff. Solar is new to me. I, I mean, that's been three years ago that I just started looking at solar. Right. Right. Um, and now we've, I've already exited out of actually selling solar. <laughs> so yeah. like, the, the, the point is, is marketing is the easy part for me, funnels on all that stuff. But I didn't want a funnel thing. I didn't want to do that yeah. um, because I've already done that and it's boring to me at this point. But it is it's more sexy to me if I can actually control the narrative for you, because at that point, I'm like, all right, Doug, plug the leads in and let's watch these people go through and convert to appointments. Mm-hmm. and we're going to, and I'm writing the copy. So you don't screw it up. Right. <laughs> so like, right. it's like, I just, I take that whole narrative and take it off of your hands yeah. and then the timing and everything. So that's, I think is where, and I didn't know if that would work, Doug, but it mm-hmm. worked. So now we have a lot of people who are like, I just want the system. Thank you. That's perfect. I don't have to think of what to say or when to say it. So that's it. That's, that's a, I know that was a lot and I'm unpack. You can unpack yeah. a lot on that, but Frankly, every business model, you can figure out wh- how to be different by just delivering better in a, one area and mm-hmm. you'll stand out. So, well, no, and I agree 100% on that. It's you're, you're niching down to that follow up. And mm-hmm. what I love is that you're doubling down on that strength, you know, which is writing copy, which when you when you walk through your presentation at SolarCon, it made a lot of sense to me. You know what I mean? Like right. he is figuring out what phrases, what keywords what timing is working best for these customers. And I, you know, one of my first jobs was a marketing manager for uh, collectible gold sales. Okay. And so um, 
the way that they advertise, they did full page newspaper ads in, you know, USA Today, Honolulu Express, you know, uh, LA, LA Times, you know, these, these massive papers, full page ads, and they would advertise one ounce, one, one ounce of gold. And there was a few factors that went into what they advertised. When was the last time they advertised in that newspaper? Mm-hmm. Um, what was the, the cost? Because they did a, uh, a standby cost, right? So it was basically like, okay. hey, we're advertising tomorrow, and we don't have a, we need to fill some space, so we're going to give you a discount, like 20%, right. 15%, you know? And so um, we, we'd get the, the, the eyes on the ads at, at a huge discount. And then also um, the ad itself, right? And then uh, what was the other thing? I can't remember, but there's there was like five or six different variables that mm-hmm. when you did it right, these ads would hit. They get you know two two to one was good, right? And and that means that you know the ad costs twenty grand, and then we would we would uh, gross um, forty grand in upsells from it, right? And right. so you had your initial offer, you would upsell, and so basically it was like fishing, you know, and it, and it reminded me of uh, the deadliest catch. You remember that show? No, where you drop no. the pod. And you let it no, soak. Okay, yeah. So they would drop these pods, these fishing pods, and they let them soak. And, you know, obviously the longer you let them soak, the, the more crabs they would have in them, but also the area you put it in, the time of the year, and all that stuff, right? right so right. it was kind of that same thing. And so I started just grabbing as much data as I could from the history of the company. Mm-hmm. And um, I just went crazy on the data. You know what I'm saying? And I twisted it different ways, crossed things over, and kind of figured out, okay, this is the ideal situation, the time of the year. Uh, the the moon, you know, like I, I did all yeah. kinds of stuff, uh, you know, the sports events that were going on, the political climate in the U.S. And so up until that point, the best they had done is three and a half to one. And I had uh, several advertisements uh, about six months later doing nine to one, 10 to wow. one, 11 wow. to one. Because I started figuring out t- all these variables that, that came into play. So that basically with your history with writing copy, that's what you've done in, in yeah. especially in home services and obviously in solar, you've done it really well to, to sell a company uh, based on that. And then, okay. So the, the, another thing stuck with me about your presentation at SolarCon too. And, you know, of course I made a mental note, I got to get this guy on the podcast, you know what I mean? And then we're here like three months later, finally yeah. getting you on the podcast, but it's perfect timing. Yeah. The mental note was uh, you had said that the industry standard for, follow-up, you know, uh, I think it was after a certain amount of time or basically, I can't remember what it was, but it was like 3%. And that your follow-up process was getting 6%. Right. So, so, so walk me through that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, and I have a calculator because it was so hard to verbalize this. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a visual calculator that I could, if some, anybody wants it, there's my, there's my lead magnet right there. Right. See that? Yeah. But you know, the, uh, <laughs> The, uh, no, but the, the calculator, what I did was, all right, let's, let's plug in some numbers. Let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. And this, this is just marketing, really marketing one-on-one anyways, this isn't anything new, but let's relate it to solar. So everyone can have something specific. Mm-hmm. So in solar, you sell with appointments. Right. And so therefore your KPIs that you're really measuring and looking for are how many appointments can you book and get to show up? And then that is what you can control, not even the show up, actually. What right. you can control is more control is how many conversations you have. Okay, well, the, that's the, hard the to figure out. Right. right. 
And then the further you go down, the less, the more control goes into the, the prospect's hands because they could choose to bail or what, but you mm -hmm. have some control, right? And then after that, you have control. If you sit, you control your skill set stuff to close a deal. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So let's just say those are what you're looking at when, when we talk about converting three to 5%. Um, 5% is really, really good. If you're doing online, uh, and I say leads, we're not talking about appointments because everyone gets confused in the door-to-door -door world. Right. Every time I post something in these groups and stuff, because mm -hmm. I like to post in there just to get people thinking, hey, stop thinking like a salesperson and start thinking like a marketer and you'll be a better salesperson. That's always going to be the case no matter what. You cannot, that's a fact, that's truth. That's not my opinion. <laughs> and so the, when you do that, you start understanding that your conversion rate is actually how many conversations you've had with somebody who is willing to give you a phone number on the doors. If, let's just use doors. Since mm -hmm. I know you're big time into the doors and you got this down. So like you're, you're not looking at how many appointments you get to conversion um, to close deals. You're looking at how many leads you get to close rate. So now that's what I'm talking about. So right. let's say it's 3%. Well, now um, if you follow up correctly and when you follow up correctly, you'll start seeing a 4% and then 5% and then six and then seven and eight as high as 10 in a, uh, let's just say a peak, uh, like you were measuring, like when the moon is just right at yeah. this, seems t things tend to align. Well, in the solar industry, there's a lot of, I don't, I actually don't have all the answers there, but definitely spring about spring to midsummer mm -hmm. peaks. And then the fall peaks, um, you have this big rush before the end of the year type thing because right. people tend tax to want to get the project done. It's tax credit, but I've noticed this this end of year get my house in order feel. Okay, okay. <laughs> like it is. It's both before the um, holidays. Yeah, maybe. it's like let's just get this done. Yeah, I, that's I know exciting. I'm not in. It's exciting yeah, for me. Yeah. Then this will be my first season of that in solar. So, oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you'll see a peak there. Um, not just that though. It's because you've been working your ass off in the summer. And all of this, these deals start finally getting installed and sit, and it feels like there's this rush when really it's just a lot of work in the summer. Mm -hmm. um, so the, you know, you're reaping. Um, so um, the point is, is as you go through this process um, of follow-up, you see these heightened, heightened conversions when you just tweak a few things. I, I, I had to create a vernacular behind it, a language behind it. So it was easy to explain. And so there's four phases of follow-up. And so it's real basic. It's nothing new, but I just call them the four phases. Phase one is you have a new lead and it's your follow-up all the way till you get the appointment. All right. And so cool. So everything you do in phase one is the goal is to get to the appointment. Um, phase two is the appointment is scheduled, but you need to get them to show up and show up qualified and ready to go and excited to buy. Right. Mm -hmm. Or in this case, sign. And so, all right, great. So that's phase two. So that's the shorter of the phases. Sometimes that's 24 hours or less than that, right? It's just the follow-up in between. Right. Um, phase three is I sat and didn't close. So they did, it's not a hard no. It was just a soft no, whatever objection you got, whatever it was, soft no. Mm. And now after that, it's about 30 days typically, or not even that, it's about three weeks where it's like, if you don't close them in that three-week period on a phase three right there, they're going to long-term follow-up, which I just call phase four, long-term mm -hmm. phase four. So if you think about those four phases, now you have an opportunity to just incrementally increase each one. 
you don't just say, I'm going to follow up like a madman and we'll increase our sales. You say, okay, cool. So what if we just enhance a couple of things in phase one? So we do better at that. Phase two, better at that. Phase three, better at that. And especially phase four. Now, suddenly you're like, oh, we got a half percent bump here, percent and a half here, 3% here. And wow, we got a, you know, a percent and a half. And then suddenly the compound effect starts taking place and you literally double your sales but you didn't double your effort. It doesn't feel like you doubled your effort. You right. just, you incrementally improved. And it takes, a, I would say it takes about 90 days to see momentum build up mm-hmm. and then six months. And you're like, how are we even operating without it yeah. after six months? That makes sense. Um, and so that's that's how that works. If you look at it, my favorite example though, Doug, that where people, if they're wondering like, um, where do you start with those four phases? Phase one is the easiest win. It's not the best place, but it's the easiest win because most people on the doors in this example, I know that everybody has their different legion. Most people on the doors, though, do not collect leads. They collect appointments. Right. So if you think about that, how much opportunity is lost by not training your reps to ask for a phone number or mm-hmm. and or an email. Usually it's a phone number. People, That's weird to just ask for somebody's email unless right. you have a good reason. Right. Right. Um, you if you just do that at minimum, suddenly you do a training for three weeks in a row to get your reps going, maybe three months in a row. It doesn't matter how much time. Mm-hmm. And suddenly now all your reps are just, it's the habit to say, all right, John, I get that you're taking your daughter to soccer. You're in a hurry. Um, I'll t- I'm, I'm going to be in the neighborhood tomorrow as well. It's no big deal. I'm not in a rush. Um, but you know, to get them going, that's the con. That's what you want them to feel. It's like, I'm not going to push you in anything. I'm just right. here to help you out. Right. That's the feel. Well, then you just say, so I get that. So what's the best number to text you? I'll just text you before I come by. Get the number. Thanks, John. I'll let you know. Later. You know, that's it. You didn't, now you're not the pest. Mm-hmm. Than everybody else. And you might have a chance with John. When before, if you push, 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 <laughs> there is a high chance that he's going to avoid you at all costs when you come back. Even right. if you gave he gave you the phone number. <laughs> yeah. So um, there is a very high chance. So I'm you. It, there's a. You see what I'm saying there? Yeah. Like the absolutely. the legion. If you could do that, it's it's just powerful just to do that one thing because suddenly you go from, um, uh, we got fifty five zero. We got fifty appointments. Really good week in our mm-hmm. team today. Fifty sales appointments. And then I could say, well, how many leads did you get? Uh, like twenty. Like oh, cool. Your leads should be triple what your appointments are. You should have had 150 leads and 50 appointments. So do better. Does that make sense? Because that's all your follow-up. All your follow-ups, 150 leads there. And you just do that. And now suddenly you get 10 more appointments over the next three weeks because you collected leads. Um, So anyways, that's it. At a minimum, when you set your appointments, it should be name, phone, and email. And then the appointment information, right? And so that's something we did initially. And then I went to SolarCon, heard you talk about grabbing the lead, even if there's not an appointment. Mm-hmm. And so I, I pushed and this is, this is so funny. Like, it's like mom and dad, you know, like mom says it over again and then dad comes in and like everybody does it. Right. And so right. I went and told him that, and I was like, look, we need to start collecting leads. And he's like, Oh, well, how are they going to do it? It's going to be one more thing for the salespeople to do. And then it was this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then y'all had a conversation like two days ago and he's like, oh, this is genius. We got to start collecting the leads. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> that's always the case, dude. That's always the case. But that's the deal. Like, that's why we bring in expert speakers. And that's why we, we hire people that are experts in their field. Because a lot of times, like, you have an inkling or you hear something and you try to execute on it. 
But sometimes you just need that per- that other person to come in and say the same damn thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, everybody's on board with it because, you know, Brent Attaway said it, you know. <laughs> That's fucking right. I'm just playing. So one one thing I want to recognize and talk about with your service, especially for sales orgs like mine, is, and, and, and we're getting a lot smarter, you know what I mean, as the years go on, and we're getting to be better marketers, but a lot of times we're not, right? Mm-hmm. We're very much old school, impulse, buy or die, and if I don't get you, I'm moving on to the next house, right? And, right. the, and there's so much money made with that mentality, mm-hmm. but from a company view, from a company standpoint, you're the owner of the company, you're wasting, you're wasting leads, just like you said, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Well, that's... Come. Uh, I'll I'll just say this. It sounds like you're going somewhere with it, but mm-hmm. that's exactly why you can't sell a sales organization. Just right. to, like exactly. that is very hard to do it like that. Because at, at, at the end of the day, uh, they didn't buy one or two things, the operations like they bought with y'all, but I bet you they were also buying the data, the insane yes. amount of data that you guys collected in your market. And now they know, okay, yes, they're making, let's just say 10 million a year in gross sales, right? And yes, right. they're selling um, 50 systems a month or something like that. But more importantly, they have, you know, they're gaining 5,000 points, uh, 5,000 new leads every month. Right. You know what I mean? So now, now not only can we convert those leads to solar through follow-up, but we can also look at other home services and stuff like that. So, Correct. Uh, yeah. But that, that's the way I want the people listening to think about this is how many leads do you have right now that you – contacted them once twice maybe three times you have their name number and email and they never hear from you again and if you could just hit a button and follow up with them without ever having to lift a finger then why aren't you doing this you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and, and, and instead of getting the uh i don't know the freaking ten thousand dollar car wrap you know to create new leads you know <laughs> uh, are you speaking of your trailer um so the, yeah <laughs> i might be <laughs> i don't mean you shouldn't have that i just I yeah i got you um the uh, this is about a podcast you got a market that's a brand move right there i get what you're doing Absolutely. um so the um well yeah i mean there's several reasons there's I, here's what's interesting right and anyone listening if you're actually if this is actually enticing you're like oh man okay let's let's make it more solid though on actionable stuff mm-hmm. um, a little tactical but not really still bigger picture one reason you don't do it and why you can't push the button right now let in fact you probably have a spreadsheet somewhere mm-hmm. um if i know most of you out there um and you just are trying your best and you're like keeping the spreadsheet organized. But when it's time to go send a, a text message, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go find a text tool so we can finally do texting. Mm-hmm. You spend the next week researching and do nothing about it and get distracted once again. Mm-hmm. And so then you have the spreadsheet and then now it's three months, five months, two years. And you keep telling yourself this data is valuable, which by the way, is becoming less and less valuable yep. <laughs> as time goes on. It's not just inevitably valuable for you or excuse me eternally valuable for you it has a depreciation to it so the point is is this that's first thing you get your shit together and stick it in a crm and stop messing around that's the first thing um so don't overthink it just get it done um a crm that allows you to text and email Mm-hmm. And make phone calls even if you if you have like an inside sales team that can like start doing outbound calls with that list. Okay. 
That's one. Um, two is the <laughs> it's what to say. It's when you finally get it going and it's like, uh, so what do I sell? Like, do I send them a promotion? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What in the hell do I say? So the point is, is don't do that. Um, I, I call it the magic text. It's not that magic, but it's magically gets responses. And when I say it's not that magic, it's not a super cool script. I'm like, oh, why didn't I think of that? It's just very basic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's essentially, so write it down. So you at least have something you can try. Um, it's, hey, Bob. It's Brent with Solar Pros. I know we, it looks like we talked about solar a while back. I was just wondering if you got, or did you end up getting solar? Did you end up getting solar is a great sentence. It's not pushy. It's not, I was, don't say I was, I almost used the word wondering. Mm-hmm. Just say, did you end up getting solar? And that starts the conversation. So there's a big difference between starting a conversation with an aged lead and seeing if they'll schedule an appointment with you. That mm-hmm. is a, a, an appointment now, even though if you met them and they might remember your face, an appointment asking for that now right off the bat and saying, hey, let's get you a proposal. Hey, we have a new thing going on and um, let me know if you want it. You're asking a big ask right. and you just blasted 2000 people with that text message. Mm-hmm. Why would you waste that? So that's how you have to think about it. Um, you want a, a text message that just gets replies. Yeah, then you gotta, take all those replies and now start taking them down the path of getting them to an appointment, quick mm-hmm. phone call. Yeah. It sounds like we can still help you and you use your sales skills. That's when you use your skills at that point. Now you get to shine. Right. But until then do not do anything except get a response. And you do that. Now suddenly the data is um, valuable and you can do more with it. So if you just send that magic text, like every quarter to mm-hmm. your list, you'll just get, you'll just, pick up a few sales. In fact, Doug, that's my favorite way to tell you as a dealer, Bennett and I figured this out. We're like, you know what? We need some extra money. Let's follow up with all these leads. Yeah. <laughs> like my, my income, you know, yeah, like, personal income. like you make, you make less money when you're the, you're the owner at this point. Cause you're not yeah. selling and making these big commissions. Not yet at first. Right. And so like, we're like, oh, I really want to buy this new thing and I need 15 grand. All right, let's follow up with some leads and you send it out. But I knew how to do that. And so it's kind of like, was it Lennon or maybe the Beatles? One of the two, but they said, they said, uh, hey, I'm going to write ourselves a swimming pool. You know, they, they want a swimming pool. They write a song. Mm-hmm. And so in this case, you take your list, you send a text <laughs> and then you wait. <laughs> and then you're like, quick, cool. We just made 25 grand. Awesome. And then you wait and then do it again. But that's how you can add a hundred grand to your, your, personal income so you can build that swimming pool next year. You know what I mean? So anyway, I love it. And I love the way you wrapped it up. Now you can build a swimming pool. <laughs> no, that's awesome, brother. So a lot, lot of value there, guys. So I, I hope you heard those steps. Also the phases I think is real important. And, and that's the problem is, is there's so many ways to explain marketing and there's so many vernaculars when it comes to conversion rates and all that. So you do, you got to educate the customer first and then, and then you can actually have a real conversation when you're all kind of on the same page, you know, like Absolutely. It, it's like when you discuss gross profit, that means 17 things to 17 different people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it, yeah, yeah. it's, it's so hard to like get on the same page. It's like, okay, now we're on the same page. What are we really talking about here? Right. Mm-hmm. All right, brother. So one of the questions I always ask towards the end of the podcast is, you know, because yes, we're sales centric. We're about building sales teams. 
and, and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if you don't have an end goal in mind, whether it be professionally or personally, and you can't communicate that to your team, they have nothing to aspire to, to work towards, and then also to set their own end goals, right? So what is your, what is your end goal? When, when, when I say the word legacy, what does that look like for you? Legacy has a lot to less to do with business to me at this point, at this Mm -hmm. stage of my life has a lot more to do with those who I love and Mm -hmm. I can leave something behind for them. And it's starting to become more. And I'm, I've always seen this, but somehow when you care and you have clients and you start creating raving fans or like you want to serve, not just, not just, we gave what we promised and that is all I got to go paid. Another deal. Yeah. Yeah. When you start doing that, you want to leave a legacy too, though, for people who you leave an impression. So a legacy to me is, I mean, if you wanted to use another word, how, what, what impression are you going to leave on people or be after you're gone? That's how I put it. Cause mm-hmm. dude, there is, we've all heard the saying, but it is unreal of how many people die, get killed cancer. I mean, there's people listening right now that just found out they get cancer and they're trying to avoid it right now on this Mm -hmm. podcast, listening to it. And they're trying to think, am I going to die? Should I build my business? What the fuck should I do? That's normal. That is a normal thing. And for us to think, I think we get in this reality or this fake reality, uh, uh, illusion. There we go. That's the better word that, oh yeah, we die. That sucks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that's, that is very easy to forget because it's not that we think we're invincible. I think that's in our 20s. And if you're listening, you're 20. Okay, fine. You're invincible. <laughs> Go with that. Go with that idea. And that's fine. That's fun. But what happens is eventually you start realizing you're not invincible. Um, and I don't mean your health either, by the way. I just right. mean you start noticing life sp- speed up, not just yours, but around you. You're starting to see people oh, I have cancer, especially on social media now. I'm like, I have one of my good friend, marketing friends, uh, Ryan Chapman, just died last year. Um, and that's where I learned a lot of my text message marketing. I would, and we weren't best buddies, but we certainly had a relationship. knew each other. We talked, had a relationship. And suddenly he gets cancer and a year later he dies. He has seven kids. I think seven, maybe eight. Wow. But like the point is, is this, um, that legacy that he left behind, that impression was, the dude was a good man and not, I don't mean, Oh, he was a good man. He'll be blessed. I don't mean that. <laughs> like, I think we could say that for anybody, even if you're a rotten man, you yeah. try to be nice. Um, he strived to always treat people with respect. He was always kind. He's um, a word that I love. We have in our family mission statement, which is Coptus. It's this acronym. My son got it. He's 17. He got it. He's like, can I get a tattoo of Coptus? I was like, all right. Um, it's C O P. T-E-S-S. It's just an acronym. It stands for charity and gin shy. That's one. It stands for all in, um, spelt with an O for a reason. Um, and then you got pure health, truth, educated, secure, and spiritually solid. Those things right there is what we've I've been teaching my children and myself and trying to live that way for since I, I would say 2004. Mm-hmm. I would say. So, you know, getting closer is about two, two or three years in being married. Um, and then we started teaching Chase, who's now 17 that and that's in their heads. That is in that legacy is not just about an acronym. 
but it's about helping people understand that when you live for something and that vision, that thing, that's what you strive for daily. So, I mean, you could really talk together um, 75 hard. We talked about at the beginning of this yeah. um, marriage and an anniversary. You can, we talked about it at this at the beginning of this, that all comes around one simple thing, your discipline daily, not big events, not vacations, um, not even memories of vacations that were unforgettable and they won't forget. That is not what they're going to hope. And that, um, they, that they remember what they're going to appreciate when I die literally on my deathbed, I can picture right now. All right, guys, I got to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I'm out. I'm out. I love All you boys. Casually. <laughs> Don't be a dick. Be awesome. Yeah. And, and let's go like, tr- go live, keep living life and just be a freaking hero. Right. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, my hope, and I know what's going to go through their head later. I'm glad my dad, um, um, wow. Okay. So I'm glad <laughs> I'm not even that emotional, dude. Yeah. So I'm glad my dad taught me how to have charity, how to go all in, in life, how to have pure health, how to tell the truth, educate myself, keep myself secure, like financially secure, mm-hmm. and then just be spiritually solid. I'm glad I know those things. Cause with that, I can do anything. I can't fail, right? I can do whatever I want. And when that happens, your legacy is eternal. Like that doesn't matter. And I don't want it to be my legacy. Dude, I just learned that shit from wherever I learned it. Right. Um, it's just a legacy to pass on, right? Mm-hmm. So well, it's that's a, it. It's massive, man. And, yeah. and I'll give you a second because, you know, even, even Dude, me, you're making up. me teary-eyed over here. It's massive because you're giving them a foundation to build on. You know what I mean? And that's going to be your legacy. Like our dad gave us that foundation. And now we can do whatever we want because we're strong in that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And now it's about, okay, me as an individual, what do I want to do? And what talents can I lean in on? Because I have this strong foundation. So many, so many parents push their, what they think is their legacy, which is what they're good at on their kids, rather than right. just giving them that foundation, like you just described. And so that they can build on top of it. Right. Cause then all of a sudden you're 25 years old. You've been trying to do what your parents taught you to do. And, and you don't have a foundation that you're building on and you're good at it because you were taught it, but it's not what you're passionate about, what you lean into, what you're talented at. So it falls apart. And then you're, you're left 25 years old questioning life. You know what I mean? So, uh, I think that's massive. That was an amazing answer. So thank you for that, Brent. Thank you for coming on the, the podcast, brother. Um, it's been an awesome one. And, and like so many before, it's like we get about 20 to 25 minutes of meat, you know what I mean? That they can actually go out and execute, which you did a fantastic job on. Thank you for that. And then, and then the, the end, just killing them, killing them with the mindset stuff, you know? And that's what I love about what this show is turning into. So thank you for contributing to that. And, uh, if our listeners want to follow up with you and make a few money, how do they, how do they get a hold of you? It's real simple. Just go get the book. It's five dollars and ninety five cents. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I wrote a book. I sat down and literally broke this down. Um, mm-hmm. That's where the four phases come from because I needed to make it easy and con- like um, digestible to where it's not overcomplicated. Um, I literally break down the whole thing. It's called Follow Up Fortunes. And if you go to Follow Up Fortunes, plural, dot mm-hmm. com, then you'll. It's a book. It's a digital book. Download it instantly. 
There's a little uh, order bump on there because I'm a marketer. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I want to, there's for an audio book if you want that portion of it. But either way, I would definitely get the digital book first because there's visuals in there. It's it's explaining a process. Yeah. It's literally like 150 pages with maybe 25 of those pages being visuals. <laughs> so yeah. it's like a hundred page book. It's not, it's not a hard read, right? but it's, it breaks down the process of follow-up in, in for any kind of service um, home services company, anybody who sells from sales appointments. And so um, that, that would be a great start. That gives you an idea of where to go. And there's, it's all, I mean, it's very strategic at the beginning and super tactical. You go in, I mean, literally down to here's how you would create your videos um, uh, topics. Mm-hmm. Like here's an idea on how you can come up with your ideas. So that's where I would start. Go get the book, followupfortunes.com. And then from there, if you like it, um, you'll get some stuff as I follow up with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, brother. So, uh, obviously if you got some value out of this podcast, please definitely go and leave a review. We're going to leave all this information in the show notes so that you guys can follow up with Brent and take advantage of his, his, his services. Uh, again, appreciate you coming on, brother. Let's get building. All right. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Remember, great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Until next time.